0: It's like I'm attuned to anything kidney. After 11 years of writing about chronic kidney disease, I'll bet I am. Sometimes, it's the smallest connection that triggers something in my mind. For example, Shergren syndrome kept nagging at me, although I'd never heard of it as a sort of kidney disease. So, what was it and what did it have to do with the kidneys? I went right to the Sjogren's Syndrome Foundation at https colon slash, slash, info dot dot org slash conquering sjogrens slash sjogrens kidney disease for information. Sjogren's and kidney disease by Philip L. Cohen, M.D., Professor of Medicine, Temple University School of Medicine. About five percent of people with Sjogren's develop kidney problems. In most of these patients, the cause is inflammation around the kidney tubules where urine is collected, concentrated, and becomes acidic. The infiltrating blood cells, mostly lymphocytes, injure the tubular cells, so that the urine does not become as acidic as it should. This condition, called distal renal tubular acidosis, is frequently asymptomatic, but can cause excessive potassium to be excreted in the urine, and may lead to kidney stones or, very rarely, low enough blood potassium to cause muscle weakness or heart problems. Very occasionally, Injury to the renal tubules can cause impairment in the ability to concentrate urine, leading to excessive urine volume and increased drinking of fluids. Nephrogenic diabetes insipidus. A smaller number of patients with sugarins may develop inflammation of the glomeruli, which are the tiny capillaries through which blood is filtered to produce urine. This may cause protein to leak into the urine, along with red blood cells. Sometimes a kidney biopsy is needed to establish the exact diagnosis and treatment. Treatment options may include corticosteroids and immunosuppressive drugs to prevent loss of kidney function. This information was first printed in the Moisture Seekers, SSF's patient newsletter for members. This reminds me of when I was teaching critical thinking on the college level. First, we'd hit the class with an article about something foreign to them, and then, we'd show them how to figure out what it meant. For our purposes, a few explanations and perhaps a diagram or two might be a good place to start. Tubules, huh? What are those? Actually, the word just means tube-shaped. Remembering that renal and kidney mean the same thing, we can see the problem area. Here's another picture. This one to show you glomeruli. Now remember, CKD patients are usually limited as to how much fluid they can drink per day. Too much forces the kidneys to work too hard to clear the urine from your body. Remember the car analogy from what is it and how did I get it? Early-stage chronic kidney disease? As for potassium, that's one of the electrolyte CKD patients need to be aware of. This article by Dr. Parker on Healthy Way at http colon slash, slash www.bmjhealth.com slash what does potassium do slash explains. Potassium does many important functions in the body. This essential mineral is mainly found inside the cells of our body. Low potassium levels are associated with many health conditions, including hypertension, irregular heartbeat, and muscle weakness. We should take adequate amounts of potassium rich foods for a healthy life. Potassium is essential for the heart. We need potassium to maintain the blood pressure within normal range. There should be a balance between sodium and potassium in the body to regulate our blood pressure. Too much sodium and too little potassium can elevate your blood pressure. In addition, Potassium is needed for the contraction of the heart. Potassium levels in the blood should be kept nearly constant or within a narrow range for the proper pumping action of the heart. The heart may stop beating if we have high or low levels of potassium in the blood. We need potassium for stronger muscles. Most of the potassium in the body is found inside the muscle cells. It is the main positively charged ion inside the cells. It is essential for the contraction of muscles. Low levels of potassium are associated with muscle twitching, cramps and muscle weakness. Very low levels can cause paralysis of the muscles. Hypokalemic periodic paralysis is a disorder that causes occasional episodes of muscle weakness and paralysis caused by lower levels of potassium in the blood. It is a genetic condition that runs in families. It is essential for nerve conduction. Sodium and potassium are needed to maintain the electrical potential across the nerve cells. This electrical charge is essential for the conduction of nerve signals along the nerves. It protects from stroke. Researchers found eating potassium rich foods is associated with reduced incidence of stroke. A recent study conducted in postmenopausal women supports the findings. One of the co researchers says postmenopausal women should eat more potassium rich foods, such as fruits, vegetables, beans, milk, and unprocessed meats, in order to lower their risk of stroke and death. It is important for water and electrolyte balance in the body. Water and electrolyte balance is maintained by the kidneys. This is one of the important functions of the kidneys. Aldosterone, a hormone secreted by the adrenal glands plays the primary role in the balance of sodium and potassium. The normal blood level of potassium is 3.5 to 5 millimoles L. A level of less than 3.5 is called hypokalemia, and more than 5 is called hyperkalemia. To achieve the normal blood level, we need to take about 4-5 to 5 grams of potassium per day. An average size banana will provide about 25% of daily requirement. It is recommended to eat foods that have plenty of potassium. In addition, your diet should contain low amounts of sodium, salt. Taking supplements is not a good idea. It can cause many side effects. People who have certain medical conditions such as chronic kidney failure should not eat large amounts of potassium-rich foods. People who take certain types of medications should consult a doctor about their potassium intake. Some may need additional intake while others may need to restrict the intake of potassium-rich foods. So, while Sjogren's syndrome may not be a kind of kidney disease, it can affect your kidneys. Thanks for keeping me company while I made the connection for myself. Until next week. Keep living your life.